This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We passed the American Rescue Plan. Now, everybody knows it, but we did so much, no one knows the effects of it yet. We're just, just, they're just coming into play. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is November 30th, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. If you haven't subscribed, over at rumble.com slash Rubin Report. Please do it. If you want to play along during the show, don't forget you can chat with us. Daphne's sitting right over there. She has some sort of computer in front of her. You can send her messages while I'm doing this. They might even get to me during the show. Go to rubinreport.locals.com. We also have an iOS app and uh, Android app and all that good stuff. And I am going out on a limb uh, at the top of the show today to tell you we got a 9.5 to a 9.7 show out of 10. Okay. I feel good today. I feel like this show kind of wrote itself. There's a lot going on in the world and we pieced it together like a perfect Lego set. I think you're going to dig it. Uh, what we're going to be talking about is sort of more of an extension of what I've been sort of shifting towards a little bit lately, which is more of the culture war stuff than the racehorse politics stuff, right? You got to do the racehorse politics stuff when elections are coming, but in between elections, it really is about the culture. And if you can kind of win culture, then people vote in certain ways. That's why that famous quote from Andrew Breitbart, that politics is downstream from culture, uh, really sort of took root. So we're going to talk about Elon and what's going on with Twitter. Of course, we're going to talk about China and Apple. We're going to talk about Alyssa Milano, who doesn't like that Elon fellow. We're going to talk about Justin Trudeau. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and a whole bunch more. So strap yourself in because it's going to be a good one. Uh, before we get to it real quick, let me talk to you guys about Cozy Earth. Are you looking to score a few extra points by giving the perfect gift this holiday season? I've got two great ideas certain to have family and friends bragging about how thoughtful you are. And both are from Cozy Earth, the brand with thousands of five-star reviews, including mine. First, Cozy Earth Luxury Bedding. I own a set of these sheets. I seriously love them. And you can't believe how soft they are. They're not only super soft, but they're made from the finest premium viscous from highly sustainable bamboo. That makes them naturally temperature regulating, so you'll sleep comfortably year round. I sure do. And second, anything from their luxurious loungewear collection, including soft and stylish bamboo pajamas, joggers, tees, and more. I've got the pajama pants, which I love even here in Florida, where it is a little warm, in case you haven't heard. While you're there, check out their premium plush and waffle bath towels. They, you'll love those too. And every Cozy Earth bedding item comes in a very cool reusable canvas bag. Save 40% now on Cozy Earth. Hurry, holiday offer ends soon. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Dave and save 40%. That's CozyEarth.com slash Dave. CozyEarth.com slash Dave. And now back to me. Okay, culture wars, here we go. So Alyssa Milano, if you're a child of a certain age, or you're an adult of a certain age, but you were a child at one point, uh, let's say in the 80s, you know Alyssa Milano. She was in Who's the Boss. Does Who's the Boss mean anything to the three of you in this room right now? 
means absolutely nothing to you. Tony Danza, nothing. You don't care. Judith Light, the little gay kid, you don't care about that at all. You just don't care. Anyway, it was a show on ABC in the 80s. She was on it. She was kind of a star. Then she was in Charmed, uh, which I think was syndicated around the WB channel. Anyway, now she's just become sort of a hysterical woke leftist on Twitter all day, you know, calling everyone racist. But she's like in the culture war. She's just one of these people that's in the culture war. And she went on, yes, you guessed it, The View yesterday. And she is not happy with Elon Musk because he's letting everyone speak. And there's nothing that a wokester hates more than that. You know, your name popped up over the weekend when you tweeted that you, you returned your Tesla. So um, you used to be a supporter of Elon Musk's vision. What yes. happened? What changed your mind? Well, I mean, for me, speaking of me too, when he was accused of sexual misconduct and paid out $250,000 to this, to this person, I decided, like, I can't live in that hypocrisy of driving that car when, you know, yeah. uh, that happened. Okay, there's more, don't worry. Uh, first off, in the past, she had tweeted several times how much she uh, liked and respected Elon Musk and that he was one of the people that she would love to have dinner with and meet and all that stuff. Now, uh, I don't know anything that is not public knowledge about the Elon Musk uh, Me Too situation and the money that he paid. But, you know, when you're, a, when you're a high target like Elon Musk, when you're someone worth a gajillion dollars and you're a public person, there's all sorts of people that come after you that come with lawsuits that say you did this, that, the other thing. So he did settle for 250 grand, as several people have pointed out, or 200 grand, whatever it is. As several people have pointed out, you know, that's really next to nothing. So it was more just like, can, can this headache go away, whether it's real or not? But that's a sidebar. What this really about, what this really is about, of course, and why she was on The View talking about Tesla and everything else is because uh, Elon Musk has bought Twitter and he's allowing more people to speak freely. As I addressed yesterday, there is no evidence, and I would love if someone out there is watching and can find me a dossier or anything else, is there any evidence, I think not, that there is suddenly more hate on Twitter? What she might be responding to and what the media seems to be upset about is that more right-leaning people, let's say more conservative-leaning people, are now being seen on Twitter. They're not being shadow banned as much. They're not being banned as much. Some of them that have previously been booted off the platform like Jordan Peterson and James Lindsay are back. Uh, but there's no evidence that there is suddenly more hate on Twitter. And as I often say, if you don't like the hate that you're getting online and gosh darn it, people say mean things about me, uh, you can mute them. You can block them. You cannot open the app. You could throw your phone into a river. You have options. Anyway, uh, she gave back her Tesla because she doesn't like Elon Musk. The Tesla's the coolest car, and uh, she just doesn't want it because she believes in what she believes, uh, but she kind of got owned about it on the Twitter. Uh, check this out. So she wrote, I gave back my Tesla. I bought the Volkswagen uh, electric vehicle. I love it. I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies' products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. Now, just to address the end of that, there's just no evidence that that's happening. Uh, the Hodge twins, who as you can see there, they happen to be black, I don't really care, but it's just sort of an interesting piece of the puzzle, said Volkswagen was literally founded by the Nazis and Hitler. And this is what we call getting ratioed. Getting ratioed is when you and the response 
get more likes and retweets than the original comment itself. And Elon Musk put a little smiley face and the, uh, the 100 sign next to that. I mean, it's all, when you talk about virtue signaling, what is virtue signaling? Virtue signaling is not actually having virtue. Virtue signaling is signaling that you have virtue. Her returning the Tesla to get her EV, even it had, had it not been founded by Hitler and the Nazis, it's just meaningless drivel. And again, all Elon's doing is defending the right of people to speak, but you know it. And what this really is all about is there's a certain set of people that exist in the world, and, and maybe all of us have a dash of this, uh, that are deeply affected when we read mean things or we see mean things or when people say things about us. But that says more about us as individual people than it does about, I would say, the platform that it's being set on. Uh, right? It's, it's up to you whether you take offense. It's up to you whether someone, an anonymous frog person online can write, you're a bad dude. And then next thing you know, you're about to jump off the roof of the building. Uh, Alyssa Milano, though, she's a Hollywood actress. They're not noted for, you know, strong sort of moral or psychological conviction. Uh, she had to go to therapy because of Twitter. Right. But do yourself. I know it is about self-care. Yeah, it is. Well, don't do read the comments, for one thing. Do not you read never the ever read the comments. I always read the comments. Especially when they Who say doesn't comments. read the comments? The comments Everybody get worse as comments. you go down the line. I know. You can never. <laughs> I know. Whoopi and Joy taught us that. When don't we read the comments. When we each join the show. Do you turn the comments off? No, I just don't read them. I'm not interested unless it's somebody that I respect. Yeah. Well, I have another question. I left. Uh, she left. Yeah, yeah. I, I, she left. I, I respect I can't that. take it anymore. I respect you know? that. It's a, Listen, I've spent many, many days with my therapist talking about about what Twitter some anonymous and social media. person said to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, Someone and it's who hurtful. doesn't know you. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't know you hasn't yeah. met you. Doesn't know your family. Doesn't know you. Doesn't know anything about you. Yeah. But we let them. All right, the giving the devil is due portion of this. Yes, there are mean anonymous people out there and I can be completely dismissive of it, but yes, sometimes they can say something that really upsets you. I find when people are just like, ah, you're a blah, 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 mean words, like I don't care about that. I don't like when they selectively edit what I say. That's something that bothers me. By me by me saying it just now, I probably instigated even more of it, but it's just, it's just the nature of all of this. And before social media, people used to say mean things about people. people when I was a kid, people used to write mean things about people in the bathroom stall. That's what, you know, that's what they used to do. You guys don't even know about that, young kids in here. Well, you go to clean bathrooms, you don't know what it was. I, I grew up, it was New York, that's what people do, mean things. Um, people do say mean things. I think there's sort of a funny part of this, how uh, Joy and Whoopi are like, no, we never look at the comments. Joy only wants to hear from people she respects. I don't know how you'd be able to do that on Twitter, only get responses from people you respect. Uh, you know, my personal policy on this is, this is why I started Locals. Locals, the Locals guys watching right now and that are in the chat, I read the comments every day. I respond to as many as I can every day uh, I because I wanted to build a community. The Twitter is a town square. And if you were walking into the town square, picture old school, old, it, it, we're back in the day, let's go back a hundred years, right? little towns all over America that are starting. And then in the town square, that's where people would congregate. That's where, you know, the, the main stores were. That's where everybody would go for commerce, for to eat, to get food, etc. And then they'd start talking and exchanging ideas. And there might've even been a guy on a soapbox there and he'd be complaining about this or that. But you did not have to talk to everybody. You did not have to turn to everybody who commented on something. And if there was a crazy person over there, you might walk the other way. So I 
what I did with locals was built something that was my own personal community. And it, it's a beautiful thing. Twitter, I scan through the comments, but I'm not looking to just fight with people all day or anything else. It's like, lady, grow up, grow up. But again, what this all is about, it's not about people being mean or anything else. It's that the left is losing the narrative, right? They're starting to lose the culture war in a way because a guy like Elon Musk is coming in. He's cool. He's got money. He's fighting for the right things. And that's upsetting to the powers that be. And Alyssa Milano is very upset that he's a billionaire using his money to do what he wants to do. But also, I'm kind of like, like I, I'm so annoyed with all of these these billionaires with like the ex exception of a few, but especially Elon Musk, like you buy Twitter to destroy it yeah. for $40 billion, yeah. right? $40 billion. Elon Musk, imagine if he donated that money to UNICEF. I know. Yeah. He would change the world. There yeah. would be... There would be no hunger. He would. He would. He could go in his pocket and donate that money. He could go in his pocket, and it wouldn't cost forty wouldn't billion. Cost but these 40 billion. these guys. I mean, I'm... <laughs> by the way, oh, they're so self righteous, so self righteous. She doesn't like billionaires except the billionaires that she likes, because they do the stuff that she wants. It's odd. She has a couple billionaires she likes. They haven't solved world hunger. But I guess Elon, the guy that she basically thinks is a Nazi, she he should do what she wants, right? Donate it to UNICEF. Uh, that's where she does some volunteer work, I suppose, although I'm guessing she's probably paid for it. But uh, putting all of that aside, he didn't buy it to destroy it. Twitter's numbers have been bigger than ever this week. He bought it to save it. But do you know what he really bought it for? He bought it so that he could get around the basic gatekeepers, the basic gatekeepers that have existed, that have screwed up so much. When you wonder why so many people are walking around with mental disorders and so many people were so screwed up because of COVID and so many people had Trump derangement syndrome, it's because the reality that we live in in a day-to-day -day basis was not matching up on the online reality because it was being manipulated by wokesters and social justice warriors. That's why he went in there, in there and fired all these people because we were banning people for saying basic truths like girls have vaginas and boys have penises. You used to be able to say that sort of thing. If I have to say that one more time. <laughs> anyway, the view program continued. All right, this is the last one, I promise you, and it's not Alyssa Milano. They brought on Samuel L. Jackson uh, to talk about Twitter and Nazis because Clearly, that's what he's an expert in. So, yeah, here you go. So, Sam, you've been also you've also been known to clap back at a politician or two in your day, which I enjoy. Um, <laughs> what do you make of what's happening now uh, that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter? I'm a little frightened for Twitter, frankly. What about you? I just quit it, you know. I, well, we'll have things. to. But there, we're have to there, there are so many more important things yeah. that we have to deal with. Like, we're busy trying to get Raphael you know, Warnock. Raphael Warnock yeah, yeah. We've got you know, Please go to the polls. And vote. As opposed yeah. to an idiot who probably doesn't even have a Twitter account that can't use Twitter. Yeah, but he's got a big, that's a big audience there. These Nazis can come in on those, on those social media. Elon Musk, you know, he's, True. I have no idea what he is. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know if he's a real well, person. Well, he didn't invent Tesla. He's a businessman. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I and, thought he you know, invented no. Tesla. He didn't even I mean, do that. I honestly, I'm sorry, guys. We'll have an internal discussion about how many view clips. The, but there is something so insane about what's going on on that show every day and that people are watching it. Uh, Joy thinks that the Nazis are back. 
guys, just to be clear, there are always racists and there's always mean people and some people don't like people because of their skin color or because of their religion and all sorts of bad reasons. The Nazis are not back and they're not suddenly flocking to Twitter. And also a portion of what they, they are calling Nazis are literally like 16-year-old boys who are sitting in their room putting a frog emoji on an account and then writing mean things to them because they just want to get a reaction out of them. That's how they're getting their rocks off. That's just how it is. That's internet culture. But now he's not gonna, he's got more important things to do than tweet because what does Samuel L. Jackson have to do? What does he have to do? He has to get freaking Raphael Warnock reelected. I mean, Warnock is a racist. He is an absolute racist senator from Georgia. He's obviously got the challenge coming in on this, uh, this follow-up election from Herschel Walker. Um, also, Joy, like, he didn't even invent Tesla. Um, and Elon Musk is not real. Grow up, you people. You, you people couldn't hold a candle to him. I don't worship the guy, but he's trying to do something good, not only on this earth, but to get us to other planets. And look what you crazy harpies do all day. You. Anywho, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who likely will be the Speaker of the House, they still have to work out some of the voting now that the Republicans uh, got control of the House, uh, he was asked about what's going on here because we played you this video yesterday watching the entire machine crash down on Elon Musk just because he bought Twitter and he's letting people speak. So you saw the video yesterday, our black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, saying the government is monitoring Twitter carefully and Joe Biden said he might look into Elon Musk's companies, right? He doesn't know that he's done anything, but we're the government and we can look into it. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy was asked about this, and gosh darn it, the Republicans are getting some balls. Listen to this. An eye on Twitter under Elon Musk's ownership and leadership. That is offensive to me. Government's going to go after someone that wants to have free speech. What do they have to look at Twitter about? Do they want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something? I think the American public have spoken on this. I think our First Amendment stands up, and I, I think they should stop picking on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk has succeeded in many places. I, I'd bet on him more than government going after you. And I, one thing I would say when we talk about accountability, we'll no longer let government go after people simply because of their political views. Hmm. That's right, Kevin McCarthy. Look, I know a certain set of the right does not like him. They consider him to be too moderate or something like that, or a rhino or whatever. I've interviewed the guy, I think, he's, I think he's a decent man. And I think there's an opportunity for Republicans. What do I always say? You can't be a Democrat, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat, right? The, there's a chance, because the Republicans will always fail you. They always will fail you. But there is a chance they could get a little mojo right now because things do feel like they're shifting a little bit. And with this Twitter thing, it's like there is a chance to go around mainstream media. There's a chance to go around the sort of preordained narrative and get some truth out there. So good for Kevin McCarthy for fighting this thing properly. Good for him for saying that the government is not gonna use its power to infringe on people's free speech and come after people. If, if the Republicans can do nothing else, let's say for these next two years, it's like if they can rein that back a little bit, make the administration a little more fearful when Corinne Jean-Pierre and Joe Biden sit down and they're like, who can we flag on Facebook today? Uh, that would be pretty good. And what is also beautiful about what's happening here is that all sorts of people, many of them from the tech world, 
are stepping up and getting into this fight. David Sachs, who I've had on the show a couple times, was on Tucker last night. We're going to show you a clip of that in just a moment, also talking about Apple and China and a whole bunch more. Uh, but before we do, let me talk to you guys about Moinkbox. Uh, you know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. Well, there's a better way, guys. I'd like to tell you about Moink. That's Moo plus Oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm just does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus you can cancel anytime. My personal favorite is their filet mignon. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Ring Door founder Jamie Simonoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignons you'll ever taste. But for a limited time, that's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so let's continue with sort of the culture war, the tech war, the worldwide government war, right? It's all happening right in front of us, guys. Uh, so David Sachs was on, uh, well, first let me throw back to something for just a sec. So Elon tweeted about a, a impending war, what seems like an impending war with Apple. Now, Apple, of course, is the ubiquitous company that we are all keeping in our pocket, that many of us have on our watches, that we all have their laptops and computers, they have sort of become part of everything. That, that's how we get our entertainment, Apple TV. They're just sort of in and around everything. Uh, and what they also have control of is the app store. So if you are building a tech company and you want to get an app on their app store, you have to play by their rules. Now, I don't have an inherent problem with that. They've built an interesting marketplace, just like Amazon built a marketplace. They have certain rules that must be uh, you have to, you know, do what they say in essence you, to get your app on their store and all of that stuff. But suddenly, as Elon has taken over Twitter, and remember, he has not increased hate, he has not threatened anybody or anything like that, suddenly Apple is thinking about booting the Twitter app from the app store. So Elon tweeted this, Apple has also threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store, but won't tell us why. Now, what's interesting about this, guys, is you remember right after January 6th, what happened? There was Parler. Parler had 23 million people on it. That's a ton of people. There was a, there was a huge exodus from Twitter happening because people were not happy with censorship. They went over to Parler. And then after January 6th, uh, Amazon, in effect, because they were using Amazon servers, Amazon AWS, Amazon Web Service, services. So this is the underbelly of the internet. This is the infrastructure of the internet that allows the websites to be up and running. Amazon just blew them apart after January 6th. Did they do it because people were coordinating the attack, the insurrection on Parler? Or did they do it because Parler was now competition to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc.? The answer obviously is the latter because it has come out. We covered it a while back. 
that more of the coordination for January 6th was done on Facebook than anywhere else. But for some reason, Facebook servers didn't get blown up. Anyway, David Sachs, who was one of the founders of PayPal, he's actually an investor in Locals and, and a friend of mine, he was on Tucker last night talking about this issue because Apple now is the gatekeeper of all of the things that you can get on your phone. And if a great product exists, but nobody can get to it, has it ever been created in the first place? I think that's how the phrase goes. Uh, here's Sachs on Tucker. But in the meantime, we are very happy to be joined by David Sachs. He's one of the founders of PayPal. He spent the last 25 years as a major figure in the tech world and has been watching very carefully what's happening with Elon Musk after the acquisition of Twitter. You know, what Apple is doing in China is not that different from what Apple is doing in the U.S. They are willing to engage in censorship on a global basis on behalf of their true paymasters. And by paymasters, I don't mean consumers. Apple has them completely locked up. What I mean is the party in power, whether that's in Beijing or Washington. This is the quid pro quo that uh, MAGA Democrats have made. Of course, by MAGA Democrats, I'm referring to Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Uh, they have yes. the most lucrative monopolies in history and want to continue minting money undisturbed. And in exchange for that, they will donate lavishly to the Democratic Party, and they're willing to kneecap their political opponents with censorship if that's what the party in power requires. What's basically happened here is that the government has found a kind of loophole in the First Amendment. The First Amendment uh, is stated it only applies to government, to Congress. But if the government can basically get big tech to do its censorship for it, it can claim that this was done by private actors. The problem is that the town square has been privatized. Uh, when content got digitized, it got centralized in the hands of a few big tech companies. And the problem here, though, is that these big tech companies aren't just acting on their own. They're acting, uh, you know, at the behest of, uh, of, of the government in Washington. Okay, so the last line is what I want to focus on. No one is saying that a tech company doesn't have the right to do what it wants. But at this point, at this point, because we know they're telling us, they are literally telling us, Jen Psaki told us we flag posts, Corinne Jean-Pierre, we're having meetings about this all the time. We know that the government is applying pressure on private and or public companies to limit certain people's speech. We know that the government is telling them, hey, you got to watch out for misinformation. Then, of course, what the question is, is what is misinformation? Misinformation usually turns out to be true while they are the ones peddling actual misinformation under the guise of it being the truth. So they've got this whole thing backwards. And at what point, at what point do the founding documents, which are the things that are protecting us right now, right? The, the greatest man-made documents in the history of the world to ensure that we can speak freely. It's the jealousy of even, even other people that live in Western countries that are largely free, say Canada, say Australia, the UK, they don't have the protections that we have but the government has figured out a way around it. And that's why they're coming after Elon, because as I said earlier, they know he knows something. There is simply no doubt on that day that Donald Trump was booted off Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram. Give me a funny website that he must've been booted off of. Pornhub, uh, <laughs> Spotify, thank you. Um, that they coordinated something, who figured, who, put the plan into place, right? When people were being banned and booted, when Dr. Robert Malone, who has more of the patents on mRNA technology than anyone, after he goes on Joe Rogan, uh, he gets booted from Twitter. How does this stuff happen? Did, did the government have anything to do with it? When I got booted from Twitter, 
back in July of 2021 for saying that mandates were coming and vaccines weren't working. Was it someone, was it just a social justice warrior who worked at Twitter? Possible. But was it somebody in the intelligence services or in the administration that was also working with them? We know from those documents that were leaked a couple weeks ago that The Intercept covered that the government had access, a place where they could actually uh, submit what they wanted removed and then the tech companies would do it. So we got a big problem here. And this problem is a worldwide problem because now Apple is not only thinking about booting Twitter here, which would, which would severely hamper our free speech, uh, but they are really cracking down on these protests in China. It's rather extraordinary. Uh, Sachs went on to talk about that. I just gotta finally ask you a personal question. So you've, you've been in this business, at the top of this business, you know, all your life effectively. I'm sure you've seen everything in the tech world. Were you shocked to learn that Apple was preventing nonviolent protesters in China from communicating with each other? It, it is pretty shocking because the way that it was done, Tucker, was they had a, an update. It was like 16.1.1 or something like that. And they didn't say, normally what they do is when they do an update, they put in the, the release notes what they're changing. And they said mm -hmm. in the release notes they were changing, you know, doing bug fixes and so on. They didn't mention that they were limiting the use of this airdrop feature. Normally, Apple is very proud of their releases and they're eager to tell yes. consumers what it is that they're doing. But in this case, for some reason, they didn't mention it and you have to watch. Okay, I know this is a little insidery tech stuff, but this is super interesting. So we've shown you some of the videos over the last couple of days of what's going on in China. There are massive protests against their zero COVID policy. And because it's a communist country, people don't protest that often. Cause you know what happens? You end up in jail or you end up getting killed, but people have had enough. People are dying because they're locked in buildings and all this stuff. So what happened was people were sharing videos using iPhones. People were sharing videos using airdrops so that you could take a video, okay? This is a little technical, but this is what was happening. They would take a video and then using airdrop, you could send it to like everyone around you, right? And then they could send it to everyone around them and everything else. So then Apple put this update in, people download the update. They don't put it in the warning as Sachs described, you know, in the little message, when you download an update, they tell you, we did this, we did that, we fixed this bug, we did this. They didn't put it in there. And then suddenly they hampered all of the ability of probably millions of people in China to be able to share what's going on on the ground there. Why did Apple do that? Why did Tim Cook do that? Do you think they might work with governments? Do you think they might want to be uh, in bed with the Chinese? Why is it that the NBA never says anything bad about China, but will always say bad things about America? Do you see how this is all coming together? But you know what, guys? There are some people standing up. Not only is Tucker standing up, not only is Elon Musk standing up and and David Sachs, you know, this funny thing, I'm not sure if you all put it together, but Elon Musk, who of course co-founded uh, PayPal with Peter Thiel, it was also with David Sachs. So these guys who have been doing stuff, building real products and industries for now it's probably 30 some odd years, uh, they oddly seem to be, maybe not oddly, they seem to be the ones that are leading the charge to, to save us and get us out of some of this nonsense as well, which is pretty good. But there are other people doing it too, and you're not gonna believe it, but one of them happens to be right here in the free state of Florida. Ron DeSantis yesterday uh, went out of his way to stand by the people of China, send a message to Apple, and send a message to the communist regime. There's reports that Apple is not allowing the protesters to use this airdrop function where they're trying to communicate. That obviously is providing aid and comfort 
to the CCP. And so you see that report, and that's very concerning. And then when you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at, and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out. And Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And, and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula, and so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that, uh, by nuking them from, from the App Store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake, and it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from, from the United States Congress. And so uh, don't be a vassal of the CCP on one hand and then use your corporate power in the United States on the other to suffocate Americans and try to suppress their right to express themselves. Yeah. Clean, clear, honest, standing up for the right things. It's not that hard. It's not that hard if you just have the bravery to do it. Again, the two issues that Apple is doing right now. One, this elimination of the airdrop feature in China so that people cannot protest against their government. People who are being starved, people who are being forced out of work and that cannot leave their houses. Apple felt, oh, we will help the government do that. And then what is Apple doing here? On this side of the pond, on this side of the world, Apple is saying, hey, you know what? We might just get rid of Twitter. We might just kill that thing. Not because anything bad's happening on there, in reality, objectively bad, but because we don't like the idea that our regime here, I like that DeSantis always calls them the regime, the Twitter regime, the CCP regime, the Biden regime, that our regime here is not happy with people being able to stand up for themselves and share ideas and share information and fight actual misinformation. Uh, DeSantis went on to defend the people of China, something that we all should be doing right now. I just wanna make a comment about what we've been seeing going on in China. Uh, this zero COVID policy uh, is draconian, uh, it violates people's liberties, and it is completely unscientific. And the people of China are right to be able to speak out and protest against what the Chinese Communist Party is doing. This CCP has a maniacal desire to exert total control over its population. Zero COVID is really just the pretext for them to do what they want to do anyways. And that is not a model uh, that can work over the long term. The people in China are finally speaking out uh, against it. And, and I just think we need these draconian uh, COVID policies to go to the ash heap of history where they belong. Zero COVID is the pretext. That's the key line there. Remember these uh, last couple of days, we've shown you these videos of Fauci talking about zero COVID and talking about what's going on in China. And he's like, well, you know, you want to lock down and have an, have an end time to it because you want to save elderly people. I don't understand why they are doing it. And it's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're not just a mad scientist, which is exactly what you are, Anthony Fauci. You are also a communism apologist. You think that it is okay 
to lock people in. And it is not, even if it would save some lives. It doesn't give the government endless, all-encompassing power to do whatever it wants with the citizens. On top of the fact that you're going to cause all sorts of other health problems, and also generally people don't like to starve to death, and a whole bunch more. I I'm telling you guys, Ron DeSantis, I know it doesn't say it on his desk up in Tallahassee. He, in effect, is the, is the leader of the free world right now, and he is, in some ways, he is the president of the free United States. Hopefully, he will be president of the United States, but he is choosing to fight, right? He was at an event there in Florida to talk about some incredible infrastructure projects that we're doing here in Florida. Maybe we'll cover them over the next couple of days, but he's doing all sorts of ro stuff with roads and housing and a whole bunch more and rebuilding Southwest Florida and all that. He went out of his way to stand up for freedom. It's not the easiest thing to do. He doesn't want China to be his enemy, right? He doesn't want to be fighting with Apple, but it's sort of like the Disney thing, which we'll get to in a moment. If they're going to do evil shit, then every now and again, a good guy is going to stand up and fight for the right thing. Uh, so he seems to be the only leader right now in America uh, that's calling him out on it. And the guy deserves some freaking credit and he deserves some, uh, some of our defense. But let's contrast Ron DeSantis with one of the worst. Um, the leader, yeah, you know who I'm going to. Well, no, you're thinking right now. All right, is it Trudeau or Newsom? Trudeau or Newsom? Trudeau or Newsom? We're going with Trudeau today. Uh, Justin Trudeau up in Canada, absolutely horrible human being. I believe he may be part lizard. Um, he is in the most ironic sense possible now condemning China for the way that they're treating their people. Uh, of course, this is the same guy who is locking up truckers, who is closing bank accounts, who is calling them terrorists and white supremacists and a whole bunch more. Uh, but, uh, now he's condemning China, but I think you're going to see that's not really what he means. Take a look. Canadians uh, are watching very closely. Uh, obviously, everyone in China uh, should be allowed to express themselves, uh, should be allowed to uh, you know, share their, um, their perspectives uh, and uh, indeed protest. We're going to continue uh, to ensure uh, that China knows we'll stand up for human rights, we'll stand uh, with people who are expressing themselves. Uh, we also need to make sure that China and places around the world are respecting journalists and their ability to do their job. Uh, when I say soulless, like these people are soulless, I just don't know of a better phrase to say than soulless when it comes to this. Like, if you have a human soul, I think it, there is some connection between the human soul and truth. Everything that he said right there, yeah, I believe those things. We should be standing with the Chinese people and we should always stand with people against evil regimes that want to control them and all sorts of stuff like that. But Justin Trudeau, you... We're doing the exact same stuff to your people. You were expanding your emergency powers. You were hunting down good people and demanding that people not protest and everything else. So you're just, you're just soulless. I don't know what else to say. You are, you are not good and we see you. We see you, Justin Trudeau. Let's flash back to nine years ago, because if you wonder about Justin Trudeau and how does a guy do something like this? How does a guy, and I get it, I suppose his hair is nice and he wears the nice socks. Um, and how does a guy lock his own people up, then to, you sort of go after China, but at the same time, he's doing the same things that China's doing. It's almost like he really likes China. It's almost like he really likes power and that everything about him is just a complete facade and a fraud. Could that possibly be? Do we have video from 2013? My God. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, 
because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted uh, that I find quite interesting. He's so gross. So what he's talking about is the conservative prime minister at the time, Stephen Harper, that Harper must want that, that dictatorship kind of stuff, except he's the one that wants it. And these morons are laughing as he's saying it. Let's continue to connect all of the pieces of this puzzle, because as we talk about Apple and giant corporations, another giant corporation that has clamped down on people's ability to speak freely is Disney, because Disney got all in this quote unquote, don't say gay thing here in Florida, DeSantis hit them back. And I said it, you can find videos from six months ago or whatever it was, that my feeling was that not only was this not gonna go well for Disney, and when then we saw the, the stock go down, they released, um, what was the movie they released this past week that absolutely bombed? Do you know what, it, what was it called? Strange World, absolutely bombed because parents have had it with the woke stuff and the whole movie was, was all the woke nonsense. Uh, but I said it about six months ago that at the time, uh, Bob Chapik was the, uh, was the CEO, that I felt it was gonna take him down because once you've let the woke virus in, once you have the diversity, inclusion, and equity offices in the building and everyone's focused on how many black people are doing uh, animation for this movie and how many gay people do we have here and have we chopped off enough penises and all of those things. I did it again. Every, now it always makes me think of you, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Once you do that, once you take your eye off the mission, and the mission at Disney should be to make great movies, it should be to make great TV shows, to have the best theme parks possible, to not wreck Star Wars and make every Marvel movie exactly the same. But once you've brought in these ideas of equity and inclusion, you're just damaging the product. I felt that it was gonna take out Bob Chapek, and of course, yes, he did resign, and now they have brought back former Disney CEO, Bob Iger, I guess they gotta hire a guy's name, Bob, and he did his first town hall uh, and basically said, we're gonna ease up on the woke stuff because at the end of the day, he's a businessman and you're not gonna believe this guy's businessmen often look at the numbers and they go, boy, we did something this way and we lost a lot of money. If we do it that way, I think we're gonna get more money. So, Bob Iger. Here's a virtual question. Many cast members had wished that Disney stayed out of politics. Will Disney stay out of making political statements? You know, I think, uh, there's a misperception here about what politics is. And I think that some of the subjects that have proven to be controversial as it relates to Disney have been branded political, and I don't necessarily believe they are. I don't think when you are telling stories and attempting to be a good citizen of the world that that's political. Just not how I view it. Do I like the company being embroiled in controversy? Of course not. It can be distracting and it can have a negative impact on the company. And to the extent that I can work to kind of quiet things down, I'm going to do that. And they're going to take him out too, right? The more that he lets the inmates run the asylum and maybe they're on notice now, like guys, everyone shut up about this stuff, but they'll go after him because they are on a, I would say, cult-like mission to indoctrinate people into their woke ideology, and there's an awful lot of them who still work at Disney, but he wants to, you know, he wants to kind of quiet things down. Let's not be as so perhaps overt about it, but what's the reasoning for it? Is it because Disney as an organization suddenly saw the light, or is it because Ron DeSantis fought back? 
Ron DeSantis took away their special tax benefits. He took away other benefits that the state was giving Disney because they chose to get in on this nonsensical thing. And then what happened? Well, the citizens of Florida kind of dug it because the guy won in a freaking ridiculous landslide by 20 points. Uh, Iger continued to uh, go on. They talked a little bit more about don't say gay, which I don't like calling that. It's HB 1557 uh, and uh, what they're going to do related to that. All right, another virtual question. What is your stance on the don't say gay situation? This company has been telling stories for 100 years, and those stories have had a meaningful, positive impact on the world. And one of the reasons they've had a meaningful, positive impact is because one of the core values of our storytelling is inclusion and acceptance and tolerance. We also, when you tell stories, it's a delicate balance. You're talking to an audience but it's also important to listen to an audience. It's important to have respect for the people that you're serving, that you're trying to reach, and not have disdain for it. It's so interesting because it's hard to have sympathy for like a giant corporate overlord uh, to some extent. But in another way, it's like, man, he's trying to have it both ways because he's saying on one hand, we're going to have inclusion and all of that stuff. That's code to the wokesters. You guys will be good to go. But then what he's saying there at the end is we got to make some money. We got to make a good product that people are going to come to and see and share and all of those things. And I think those things are in direct conflict. So I think this battle is uh, is going to is going to continue between Disney and Florida. I think there's going to be a continued internal battle with Disney and uh, and sorry, what more? What was the movie? Strange World. Did you see Strange World? You didn't see Strange World, okay. Um, You're not working hard enough if you saw Strange World. Um, I think that they're gonna realize these products do not work, but then will the people who are making the products that work at Disney want to continue working there? We shall see. Uh, Governor DeSantis responded to uh, Iger's comments. I was sorry to see us um, uh, dragged into that battle. Um, and I have no idea exactly what its ramifications are in terms of um, the business itself. Um, What I can say is the state of Florida has been important to us for a long time, and we have been very important to the state of Florida. That is something I'm extremely mindful of and will articulate if I get the chance. How do you you respond to that? He's talking about you. We didn't drag them in, Tucker. They went in on their own and not only opposed the bill, they threatened to get it repealed. These are parents' rights, important policies in our state that are very popular. And so they brought this on themselves. Yeah. All we did was stand up for what's right. And yes, they're a big, powerful company. But you know what? We stand up for our folks. Yeah, yeah. DeSantis didn't choose this thing. They basically, Disney basically said, we're going to get rid of DeSantis because of this don't say gay bill that doesn't even have the word gay in it, but you know me, I've got a backbone like a ramrod. (laughs) And I even said the word gay to DeSantis back in June. All right, so first off, we have to start with the obvious one. Gay. (laughs) He didn't even flinch. So why did DeSantis fight? Why did he choose the fight? Which again, the people of Florida clearly, like without question, have said you were on the right side of this fight. Why did he do it? Because he was voted in to protect Floridians and the rights of the people that live here. He was not voted in 
to defend Disney or corporations or globalist empires or anything else. He also told me a bit about that. But I think Disney took it one step further when they put out this incredible statement after they already did all their virtue signaling, after we signed the bill saying this was somehow a violation of human rights and that they would work to see that parents' rights and education were repealed through the legislature. And I'm just thinking to myself, um, you know, I took an oath to support the laws and constitution of the U.S. and the state of Florida. I did not take an oath to subcontract out my leadership to a corporation based in Burbank, California. They don't run this state. Guys, this is how we win the culture war and ultimately win the political war and ultimately win the war on freedom. Look, I know that the, the red wave did not happen the way some of us would have liked. That's political racehorse stuff and it's hard to figure out sometimes why people vote the way they vote. But the culture war, which then leads to why people vote a certain way, right? It's, it's a generational thing. Uh, if you can start winning on that, and there are wins, right? DeSantis beat Disney, then crushed in the election here. Elon beat Twitter in that Twitter tried to stop him from buying it. Now he's got it and he's fighting the freaking machine. And Republicans now, for the first time in a long time, are standing alongside of him, right? What's that Kevin McCarthy video that I showed you all about? We are standing beside this guy. Sometimes if you do the right thing, like DeSantis, if you do the right thing, like Elon, you start making other people a little braver to do the right thing as well. That's the ripple effect and it, and it takes time. And I think that means that right now we have a certain moment that, that could be really transcendent. Let's continue with these transcendent moments. Uh, Don Lemon, who uh, was a, well, who he purports to be a journalist, but then also says he's not political. You know, this is what, he's not political, but he's also not a journalist. I mean, he's just a guy who gives his opinion, poorly guised as a journalist. He got booted from the late night slot at CNN. And when you get booted on CNN, they don't fire you outright. They either put you on MSN, they throw you to another network like MSNBC, or they give you the morning slot. So they threw him to the morning. Anyway, he was on Stephen Colbert's late night show. And Stephen Colbert, who, you know, the, the budget on that show is bananas. He's got like 20 writers, massive staff. It used to be the number one show in late night when Letterman had it. Uh, now it is not. That's Greg Gutfeld and his band of like three people that he's got. Uh, anyway, Lemon was on Colbert. And listen to what he says about CNN and try not to fall out of your seat. And if you're drinking something, uh, watch out for the spit take. The word on the street is that you guys aren't allowed to be liberal anymore. Is that, is that the case? I don't think we ever were liberal. What? Yes, I don't think we ever were that, Not me saying that, that's the people out there saying that he's not letting you be liberal anymore. Well, I, listen, I think that, I think what Chris is saying is that he wants Republicans, sensible Republicans, he wants us to hold people to account but he wants people to come on and feel comfortable with coming on and talking on, mm. on CNN and appearing on, on CNN. So if you invite someone in your house, you want to make them comfortable, but also by the, by the nature of what we do, we have to hold people to account. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going liberal or conservative or whatever. It just means that we are doing what we do and that's good journalism. Ugh, he's such a shell of nothing with thick rim glasses. Like, it's just nothing what he's saying there. He's showing you exactly what the factory settings of all of this stuff is. The factory settings is basically we are Democrats. So when he's framing that conversation, he's saying, well, you know, uh, it's not that we weren't liberal. What does he say? Uh, in essence, at the same time, we have to show Republicans that we're nice. Well, if you weren't liberal, 
then Republicans wouldn't feel that way. Notice the conversation never goes in the back. He doesn't go, well, we weren't conservative, so uh, you know, we have to be respectful of Democrats. Like the, the, the basic default position that these people have is wrong, so then every conclusion that comes after that is always wrong. And of course, Colbert just getting up there and, and he's, just, he's just nothing. He's, he's absolutely nothing except what the machine wants. That's exactly what Colbert is, which is precisely what I told Bill Maher a couple of weeks ago. He's Colbert and I are not me. friends. Yeah, like those guys to me, they're just the worst sort of partisan nonsense. You want everybody- But the good part of that is we don't hide it. Like he no. doesn't like me and I don't like him and we don't deny it and we don't like it. No, but he's nothing. You, Colbert? You, yeah, he's nothing. He's also Meaning, very successful. No, no, but he's just giving the machine what it wants all the time. You, giving you the for my differences with that you, I totally respect you. Is you, well said. Yeah. Giving the machine what it wants. I yeah. wish I had thought of that phraseology. That. So giving the machine what it wants, which is also what Lemon is doing, it's what the people at MSNBC are doing, it's what, it's what big tech has done. Just can we constantly keep everyone enraged, confused, thinking Republicans are racist? Can we lie about all of the issues, whether it is COVID or very fine people on both sides or the Jesse Smollett hoax, I do this all the time, or Brett Kavanaugh or Kyle Rittenhouse, all of the lies that they push, because it, oh, you know, the police are racist and systemic racism and boys or girl, all of the stuff, guys, you, you get it. And, and if you keep giving the machine what it wants, you will, you will get jobs. I guess you will be successful in media and everything else. It's a little harder, I suppose, to, to be honest and fight for truth and reason and human rights, I suppose. It's, it's a little harder to do those things, but I think it's well worth it. And I think that there's a couple people stepping up right now who I've repeatedly mentioned on this show. Uh, so how do you know that, per, that it's shifting? How do you know it's shifting? Because now the lefties, the MSNBC people, the Democrats, the Joy Reeds of the world, they are now talking about the culture war because they're feeling like they're starting to lose it. It's not cool to be on the side of censorship. No, why has no good music come out of the left or, or just like the mainstream machine in, in a long time? Why is that? Because you can't make good music if you're constantly looking over your shoulder going, oh, I might offend this person with that word or I didn't use this gender pronoun with that person or whatever it might be. Uh, so watch out. It's only one MSNBC clip today. Uh, here is Joy Reid, an MSNBC contributor, uh, McCaskill, former Senator McCaskill, uh, having a manic, really just like losing their shit over the culture wars because they know that they're kind of losing them. So it is really fair, I think, to say that the culture wars have become the main attraction in the Republican Party, not policy, not how big should the government be or what tax policy should be or even what foreign policy should be, but rather culture wars. And I don't think most Americans think that's what this should all be about. And I think in the long run, they're going to pay a price for it, Joy. And in the end, it, if you're making it illegal to teach about the Holocaust without telling the other side or the other side of slavery, don't sit there and get mad at Trump for, for eating with the Nazi. Because maybe you ought to look at your own policies and talk to the man and the woman in the mirror. That's all. Again, this woman, Joy Reid, it's like who at MS, uh, MSNBC, which is of course owned by NBC, which is a giant corporation, I think owned by GE, it's like, who hired this woman, this crazy person? No one is saying you have to teach both sides of the Holocaust. You might wanna teach why people in Germany would start supporting Nazis. That would be interesting. And I do think we kind of teach that, right? Um, nobody is saying that. Absolutely nobody is saying that. 
And this idea of, it's interesting that they're talking about the culture wars now because they're starting to lose it. And I also think Claire McCaskill's wrong. She's going, oh, we're not talking about the size of government. We're talking about the culture wars. Well, the culture wars are directly related to the size of government because if you don't want a teacher to have the power to talk about gender with your kid, that means you want smaller government. She's saying, well, we don't want, we're not talking about taxation. Well, in the free states, in the red states, we have lower taxes because we don't want to give all of that money to the government to have these endless programs to then push through education, all the race nonsense and the gender nonsense and everything else. So there is some good stuff happening, people. I'm telling you, there really is some good stuff happening. It doesn't all translate to votes overnight. Um, but I think if you stay aware of it, you can, you can kind of see it and then you can, you can help the people who are out there trying to fight for it. Uh, whether it's Elon Musk or Ron DeSantis or whoever, you can just, by just being out there and, and sharing videos and things like, you can play a little role in, in getting some of this stuff back. I really do believe it. Uh, we got a cold close for you in just a minute or two, but real quick, uh, some comments from rubenreport.locals.com. And by the way, as long as I've talked about uh, big tech so much, uh, you know, again, you don't have to, we enjoy it when people join locals. It's $5 a, a month to join or you can get the year for I think 50 bucks uh, and then you can directly interact with me and you get extra content and ad free stuff and all that. But if you just wanna stay in touch with me, just get, you can join Locals for absolutely free and then you'll get push notifications from me so that if I get booted off Twitter or I get booted off YouTube or anything else, you will still be able to directly contact me. That is between me and you guys, the audience, Big Tech cannot stop us from doing that. Even if they blew Locals off the store, if you've got it on your phone, uh, you're good to go. Anywho. Uh, Alley Cat says, I don't know if I can bear to watch the clips of the crazy ass women on The View anymore. I know, I know. Maybe we're gonna have to have a lunch meeting and discuss how many clips per week can we do. Of the, we showed three different View clips today, if I'm not mistaken. It's a lot. Four? It was four. Jesus. But it's like, it's, it's important to show because these people are out there and, and people are paying attention to them and we must help these people. California Runaway, I like that name, says, I love how she demands Elon use his money the way she wants. What about all your money, Alyssa? That's right, that who's the boss money? She's got the Tony Danza money. That, you know, it's like, lady, you've got millions, I have no doubt. You have millions, you know some billionaires. How about you fix this stuff? That line where she's like, you know, and he could just solve uh, world hunger just like that. And it's like, I know some billionaires, they're good. Well, ask them, lady. Geller says China isn't going green. They're building new coal plants. Yeah, I wanted to mention that actually. So in that Trudeau clip from 2013, he's like, I, I admire them because they're going green and they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, no, they haven't done any of that. They're still going through their industrial revolution. They're still building coal plants. Uh, India is still going through its re industrial revolution. The idea that if we just rejigger our economy and give AOC all the power in the world, that somehow the air is going to be cleaner and <laughs> the temperatures will not change. It's, you, you, I got a bridge to sell you. I got a bridge to sell you. Uh, guys, as I said, rubenreport.locals.com if you want to play along during the show and we leave you. <laughs> this was a good one. We could have opened with this one. Uh, Biden had a speech yesterday where he just fumbled so many things and, and here's a real special one. See you tomorrow. As, as I told you, if I had you running in front of me when I was playing flanker back, I could have been an All-American, man. It could have been big. It could have been big. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast.
And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubenreport.locals.com.